Good morning. You have your Bible with you this morning? We're going through it. Your electronic device, whatever you have, we're going to go through some scriptures this morning. We're still in 1 Peter. Uh, we're going to go, uh, we're still in chapter 2. We've been in chapter 2 for a few weeks. Uh, but we really felt like we wanted to linger uh, one more time on this, these verses of scripture at the end of chapter 2, verses 22 to 25, because it talks about healing that's found in the cross of Christ. And uh, it's just so important that we keep our faith alive for healing. You don't have to live very long on this earth before you realize you need some faith for healing, physical healing. Anybody in here ever get sick and feel like, is it God's will to heal? Yes, uh, yes it is. And so we're going to read uh, 1 Peter 2, 22 to 25. Uh, then I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to get into some of this message. But the First Peter 2 is up on the screen, um, but I would still encourage you to find it in your own Bible. It's just so important that we are familiar with the Word of God personally. So verse 22, this is speaking about Jesus. It says, he was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit ever found on his lips. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance. But he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Verse 24, he, was pers he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar. And he offered himself on it. Mm. Why did he do that? That we might die to sin yes. and live to righteousness and this is what was happening. By his wounds, you've been healed. Verse 25, for you were going astray like so many sheep, but now you've come back to Hallelujah. the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. Sweet. And so let's just, let's just pray before we begin. Father, we just thank you for your word that is forever settled in heaven. Lord, and even though very often, you know, we talk about healing and sometimes we don't see healing manifest in the timing and in the way that we desire. But Lord, we bring up these words before you because your word is a sure word. Yes. It is forever settled in heaven. You did die on a cross that we might live to righteousness. And by your wounds, it says we are healed. And so I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, open up our eyes this morning. Show us things that we don't understand. Reveal the heart of the Father. Reveal yes. the heart of Jesus to us and all that he's done for us on the cross. And I pray, Father, that we would become better receivers, Lord, of your, of your healing. Physical, emotional, mental. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you that you saved us spirit, soul, and body. Yes. You made us whole through our salvation that we found in you. And so, Lord, I just pray that as, as, as we read your word, that we hear your voice. Teach us this morning, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So by his wounds, it says in this scripture, you've been healed. And I, I said, you know, is it God's will to heal us? It is God's will yes. to heal. Now, I know it's controversial in the body of Christ. There are churches, there are believers who will say, no, these scriptures only mean spiritual healing. Uh, but we want to let God's word interpret God's word. 
because sometimes we've heard traditions, we've heard people in our family say no, and we just tune it out. And I think this is sometimes some of the reason why it's hard for us to receive healing, because we have this mental block up here, and we judge a lot of things in our life by our natural physical senses. We go to the doctor, and, and we rely on a lot of medical uh, outcomes, which is good. Thank God we have medical Amen. doctors. The, the doctors have been using the wisdom of God in order to help us to heal. Uh, but Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. So we want to just take a look at what God's word has to say this morning about the subject. And uh, the other thing we have to remember is faith will begin to rise in our heart and grow. Uh, as we hear the will of God, like faith is, yeah, it just begins to grow when the will of God is known. How could we trust God for something we don't know if it's his, if it's his will? Mm -hmm. And healing's important. Amen. Again, I say you don't have to live very long on this earth before you realize my body needs healed. My emotions need healed. My soul needs healing. Mm -hmm. And these verses, what we just read, these verses from 1 Peter it's just sort of an encapsulation of the gospel, what Jesus was doing on the cross for us. He was blameless. He was sinless. He was perfect. Yes. And yet he took the penalty as though he sinned. He took your sin and my sin upon himself on the cross. And he was doing it for a reason. He suffered, it said, he bore it in his own body on the tree. Because divine justice had to be satisfied. That's right. So that we could be free from the penalty of our sin. We must meditate on these things. Jesus did it, it says, so that we could live righteously. Amen. And receive salvation and everything that salvation was meant to give people. It brought us back into wholeness, wellness, restoration. Part of the meaning of the word salvation is healing, physical right. healing. Right. So by his wounds, it says you have been healed. And uh, it's an accomplished fact. You have been healed. And it's a pretty big statement of truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge statement of truth. Yes. By his wounds, you have been healed. Open our eyes. Open our ears, Holy Spirit. Again, because some believers... I mean, we've had people come and go from this church because when you begin to talk about healing, you begin to talk about gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is still alive. He wants to do a work in your heart and, and baptism, of the, baptism Holy of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, gifts of the Spirit. People will just say, nope, not for me, and walk out. And I think, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> have, have you really done an honest search of Scripture? Uh, and that's what we want to do today. We want to yep. linger around in a few scriptures uh, and take a look at, because in this, in, in this uh, phrase, by his wounds you have been healed. Now that word in the Greek, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I could go on the pronunciation on Google and tell you how you pronounce that word. <laughs> Eomai, Eomai, means in the Greek to cure, to heal, or to restore. Okay, and the Greek has, it's a pretty descriptive language. Like in our language, we say, I love you, and we love our dog, and we love pizza, and we love a lot of things. We use that one word, love. <laughs> but in the Greek, the word, say, for love, there's mm -hmm. four different words 
that they use, and it means love. Phileo love means like a friendship, fellowship love. And storge love means like a love between a parent and a child. Eros love is a passionate love, you know, geared more to the passions of the flesh. And then there's agape love. They, the word is used agape, which is right. a self-sacrificing love. And so they all have different meanings. This word in the Greek means to cure, to heal, or to restore. So when it says by his wounds, the punishment that he took and the wounds that he suffered for us, you have been what? Healed. Healed and restored. Healed. Yomi. Yeah. <laughs> and that same word is used, right? It's used here in First Peter too, but it's also used about 26 other times in the New Testament. So there's a lot of ways you can look at it and go, well, okay, let's see how many times this word is used to mean healing, like physical. It's actually used, as we're going to look into a few of the stories, uh, it's used for deliverance from demonic oppression. Mm -hmm. the, the mother who brought her uh, demon-possessed daughter, the Syrophoenician woman, that word we're going to see in the story. Healing came, so that's like a, a demonic oppression healing. It's also used when Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Right, that's emotional healing. That's emotional healing, mental anguish that comes from that. So he came to heal the brokenhearted, the people that are bruised from life. You, know, you can get bruised in life, can you not? Just from things that happen in our life, your emotions can get bruised. Mentally, you can suffer anguish. Well, he said, I came to heal that. And he meant heal. He meant yes, restore, whole. cure, made whole. And so in our salvation, uh, Jesus bought and paid for these things for us. He didn't need it. <laughs> he did it for us. <laughs> yeah. You know, to restore us to righteousness. Our original position was, like if you, Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. Their original position was they were one with God. They fellowshiped with God. And when sin came into the picture, of course, it, it wrecked everything. And boy, did it. Yeah. And so this is why Jesus came to restore us with salvation. But within the meaning of salvation, we mean, he means restoration. He means fullness of life. Right. Yeah. In, that, yeah. in that word, it's, it's sozo. And that does mean prospered. It means healed. Yeah. Again, it's, it's wholeness, yeah. spirit, soul, and body. And we do understand in the church that it has been controversial about healing. That's for sure. Uh, you know, does God heal? Is it provided in our salvation? Does it only mean spiritual healing, as some churches teach? Uh, it, and really, the truth is, instead of arguing about it, let's let's see what the Word of God says. Yeah. You know, every, because when we go to the Word of God, your, in my opinion, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, as just, believers, yeah. as Christ followers, what we do, we dump our ideas, we dump our thoughts, we dump our our perception of things, and we take on His perception of things. This is, this is what's called becoming a disciple. Now, I think of the word submission. We talked about that last week. Yeah, submitting to the it's Word of God is only life. for our good. It's only for our good. We, we see only a portion of what ha is truly happening. 
And we see that portion by what we take in. And what we need to do is just as Jason uh, spoke of uh, Ecclesiastes, I think it's 311, uh, God's placed eternity in our heart. So what we need to do is yearn for that eternity and have that perspective. And that perspective is a spiritual reality. A spiritual reality is greater than a natural reality. And so what we want to do is let the Bible interpret the Bible. Let the Bible speak for itself. So let's, Father God, again, I'm asking you to open our eyes. We want to see things that we didn't know. We want to own things that are given to us. We want to, we want to take those spiritual blessings, all of them, we want to take hold of them by our faith and have them manifest in our life and in the loved one's life. And we want it to be an example to the outsiders, to the unbelievers. We want your glory to rest on us, Lord, so that we might glorify you and be truly sons and daughters of God. So we dump our own perception right now, Mm -hmm. and we ask you to rewrite what we believe in agreement with your word in Jesus' name. name. We want to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. It's the first book in the Gospels. It's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 8. And my Bible is all highlighted throughout it. It, it, I have yellow for healing. I have orange for authority. I have blue for the Holy Spirit. So (laughs) I try to be color coordinated. (laughs) But this is what uh, you should open your Bibles up and and have something highlighted in here that really brings truth to you. Uh, because the whole book is true. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. That's why we ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. Yeah. We recognize him during worship. We experience him during worship as we give our hearts to God. And that Holy Spirit stays. The anointing changes. It's now a teaching anointing. And this teaching anointing will build your faith. It'll cause it to grow and become strong. Amen? And that's what we have to understand. When the anointing changes, we have to flow with the Holy Spirit. We have to go with the anointing. We can't stay out of the anointing. We want to stay in the anointing. So that's why you have to have your spiritual eyes open. That's why you have to have your spiritual ears open. This is why you have to pray before you come to church. Pray during the week so that we have a message that's fresh from God. Pray during the week that you will have your eyes open and you'll see new truths in that. And you'll take hold of them and they'll become yours. It's just like the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I want the word to become flesh to me and dwell among me. Do you, you follow what I'm saying? Well, I mean, those promises are spiritual promises. That's the Word of God. Well, I want that Word of God to come into my heart and manifest what I need. And I need healing. And so this is how we're going to get it, amen? (laughs) We get it by faith. Faith comes by hearing, that's right. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 5 through 13. And at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus heals a leopard. 
Not a leopard. A leper. <laughs> a leper. You got it? <laughs> it's a person with a skin disease. <laughs> At verse 5, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, <clears throat> a centurion came to him. Now, a centurion is a Roman officer with a hundred men underneath him. That's why they call him centurion, because that means 100. So this guy is uh, very elite. He is a leader. He has strength and uh, abilities that most men don't. And this is what he comes. He comes imploring Jesus. He's coming imploring. That's a big word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Imploring him. Saying and calling him Lord, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. That word there, healing, is therapio. That's where we get our word therapy. It actually means uh, to be cured by a physician. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but the centurion said, Lord, this is amazing. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Yaomi. 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 Yaomi, Lord. Yaomi. <laughs> Glory to God. And my servant will be healed. For I'm a man. Here's, here's a major thing we've got to understand. I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those following him, Truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in anyone in Israel. Jesus calls this man's faith great faith. Great faith. Now, here's some real keys on how to operate in this great faith. The man was humble enough. He came to Jesus and implored him. He called him Lord. He's honoring him. This is a man. His army just conquered Jerusalem and is a foreign army keeping peace and trying to make Roman law theirs. He comes to Jesus, calls him Lord. This, this is great humility for this, this soldier. It's huge. He simply trusted the word of God. The key is in this that he was a man under authority. He understood authority. And if you're going to go anywhere with God, you've got to understand authority. God's word is the final authority in all things. That's how you get a picture of eternity. That's how you start to operate in the things of God. You submit yourself to the Word of God. His words are life. They're life. And I want more of it. Amen? He understood authority. And he knew Jesus was the authority. The the, the authority. He says, what did he say? I tell a soldier, go, he goes. I tell a soldier, come, he comes. I tell my slave, do this, and he does it. But he also said, I'm a man under authority. 
He wasn't his own boss. This is why the military can be so helpful for people to understand authority. And if you're going anywhere in the kingdom of God, you must understand authority. Watchman Nee has a great book called Spiritual Authority. It's amazing. It will humble you for sure. Watchman Nee, Spiritual Authority. It's a great book to have. So he comes to Jesus, and he says, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. So he understood even Jewish law, because Jews weren't allowed to go into a Gentile's house. They weren't even allowed to eat with them. So he understood it. He had submitted himself to Jesus. Now, here's a clue. Moms and dads, one of the things you must teach your children is authority. Lines of authority. Here's what I find most parents do. Most parents will tell their child something and then try to talk them into it. Do you know when God speaks to you, he doesn't give a reason. He just tells you to do it. And then there's silence. You obey him because he is the authority. Your children need to learn to obey you because you are the authority. All that's going to do is help them understand faith. We want great faith, amen? And understanding great faith is, first of all, humility. You come under his authority. You come under his word. He says, speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Speak the word only. Verse 11, look at this. Jesus is saying something very important for us to understand. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is a loss of salvation, I want you to understand. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he said to the centurion, Go, shall be done as you have believed. This is, should be up on PowerPoint, this one verse. There we go. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed, he yoined me at every moment. Now, this wasn't spiritual healing. It was physical healing. Yeah. Physical healing. Yeah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Yeah, Matthew chapter 15. A few pages over. Verse 21, starting in verse 21. Got this it. is the story of the woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman who brought her a demon-possessed daughter to Jesus. And so let's just begin in verse 21. It says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. Verse 22, and a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly and demon-possessed. Cruelly demon-possessed. So let's just pause here for a moment. 
and understand just a little bit about the background, the, the Canaanite background, the, the Syrophoenician background. Nasty. Wicked, immoral culture. I mean, these are the people that sacrificed their baby to Moloch. the god Molech, you know, just burning, a burning tub, if you will, putting the baby into the fire, and then not weeping over it. it would be wrong to weep over it. They were supposed to dance and laugh and celebrate. Sounds and, like New York when they signed that bill. Yeah, Amen. as part of the worship. And so they worship demon gods, obviously, you know, through all, all kinds of sexual practices. And now her daughter is demon-possessed. And, you know, I, I suppose this is what also happens. If you hang around in that kind of culture, guess what? You are going yep. to rub up against demonic activity in your life. Yes. And she had no covenant with God. These people had no covenant with God. So she's desperate. And her desperation makes her bold. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. When you feel like you hit bottom, sometimes you're just like, help! Like you really are calling out to God for help. And so she cries out yep. to Jesus. And she calls him Lord. Again. Remember, she has no covenant with him, but she's saying, have mercy on me, Lord. And mercy, the definition of mercy is not getting what you deserve. You deserve <laughs> Amen. punishment. Mercy is, please don't give me the punishment. Take the punishment away. Have mercy on me. I don't deserve this, but have mercy on me. And then verse 23, look what he says. Verse 23, he didn't answer her a word. Yeah, no, this is, he didn't respond at her first cry. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. <laughs> Think of that. Think about that. It's like, tell him, tell him, tell him to stop. Have mercy on me. She was making a racket. <laughs> but he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, this woman... Just like the centurion, there's this humility that's rising up, mm -hmm. that's showing in this woman. She was not only bold and persistent, but she was humble. And now she's bowing down before him. And then Jesus gives another just somewhat, I mean, it's a pretty startling answer. A test. And this is going to really test her faith and her humility and her genuineness. Is he really Lord? Does she really mean what she's saying here? Because he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He called her a dog. Wow. That, I mean, there's a lot of connotations <laughs> to the word dog in the Jewish yeah. culture. I mean, the children's bread, for one thing, he's saying is healing. Yes. So we have to remember that. Like, I, I don't want to take the children's bread because she's asking for healing, and he's saying it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So healing was meant for covenant people. Amen. He said, this is why I came. Like, you're not in the covenant. And he likens healing to children's bread. You know, you're not in the covenant. Your lifestyle is, is who knows what this woman's lifestyle was, but... Chances are, if she's pretty in that wicked. culture, it was pretty wicked, yeah. And he's, he's like, if I give you this blessing, if I give you this healing, it's like throwing it to dogs. Wow, ouch. I mean, think of what 
the media would do with that conversation. Pastor called him a dog. <laughs> you know, I thought you were a loving Jesus. Oh, you know, yeah. I thought you were a... There. That's perfect. But see, the Canaanite culture, a part of that also in that demon culture involved male cult prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Where they would go to these high places and have sexual orgies. And it was a very homosexual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And relations were all part of giving worship to this God. This is why they called them Sodomites. And so he's saying it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I, again, I say if somebody was confronted like that, calling their culture, that lifestyle, sin, and even likening it to dogs, the, the media would have a fit. I can't believe that you're saying this to me. You know, Lo- yeah, loving Jesus, where is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but we have to remember in John chapter 1, it says when Jesus came, he's full of grace and, and truth. 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 So there's grace and there's truth combined when we come to the Lord. And so if we want to experience his mercy, we want to experience his grace, we've got to come to him Humbly and in truth. Yes. Honesty about, like, she had to be, I think he was testing her. Do you really, you, you're calling me Lord, but do you really recognize, but it's really like how sinful your, all of this is. And so even though she calls him Lord, he's testing the genuineness, I believe, of her heart. But she persists yeah. in this humility. Uh-huh. And she said, verse 27, but she said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. There she put herself right she into the... She bowed down in submission to him and said, You are Lord. I know I don't deserve this, but even a dog deserves crumbs from a master's table. I mean, she's admitting in honesty and submitting in humility. Yeah. And Jesus then says to her, Oh, woman, look what he says about her. Your faith is great. (laughs) It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was, and this verse is, yeah, up on there. Her daughter was healed. Eomai, that same word. That means her daughter was delivered from that demon. That's right. Hallelujah. She was cured from that very hour. Glory to God. You know, maybe there was mental anguish, I'm sure, with demonic oppression, along with physical and we've talked to people before. You read things about demonic oppression. I mean, Jesus said that, that a, the woman that was bowed over, that Satan, that, that was a spirit of infirmity that yeah. kept her bowed over. So it manifested itself in a physical way. So when he cured her, he healed her, it was demonically delivered, and it yeah. included, I believe, a physical manifestation too. Come on. And so Jesus, you know, he... He welcomed that humility in her. Her faith was great. She was not denied, but it took persistence. It took boldness. And admission admission. of her condition. Yes. Yeah. And not being offended is right. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. Let's turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're going to take a look at verse 16 through 21. This is a familiar passage. 
Jesus had just come out of a 40 days of uh, fasting, being tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Uh, Jesus completely passed the test. Uh, he came out of that temptation. Now listen to this. He came out of the temptation. With the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe the temptation that you think you're going through or the trial you're going through. And if you go through it the proper way, you'll come out with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You've got to think of that. Are you going to mope and complain the whole time? You're getting nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you go through there, God is good. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. God is good. Good. Oh, yeah. You come out of that trial. You come out of that temptation. You might be in a prolonged time of sickness or pain. But if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, because his rod and his staff is with you, you're going to come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Verse 16, so Jesus came to Nazareth. This is where he'd been brought up. And his custom was, when he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath, he stood up to read. That's his custom, going to church. Hello. Just a little nugget for anybody watching online. (laughs) And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found a place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal. Yo, me. We have that verse up on PowerPoint there, verse 18. Yeah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of him in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if this scripture was fulfilled that day, it's fulfilled for you and me today. So that you and I partake of this. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. See, now Jesus, just like that woman in Syrophoenician, Jesus met her in her broken condition. You know, but what did she do? She opened her heart to believe in a horrible situation. She opened her heart to receive what the master was going to say. And we have the master's (laughs) words. We have the master's words. Were you going to say something? I could go on for a while. I'm going to build on what you're just saying there, that the power 
his power, Jesus' power and desire to heal a broken heart is very real. Like, if you're feeling today like everything, you know, the world is, has got you down, your heart is broken. There are a lot of broken hearts yes. out there today. The, the state of the world is broken. Come on. Totally I broken. I mean, COVID caused so much isolation and fear, and now we're hearing about teenagers like never before that are on antidepressants just f because of the feeling of isolation, anxiety in elementary school kids. Something's very broken on the inside of hearts. There's obviously identity crisis going on. There's gender confusion. Hearts are broken. Who am I? Mm-hmm. People are come, living in fatherless homes and then coming out very broken, doing very even violent things yeah. from that brokenness. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. I mean, we've experienced that in this church. This is when it's hard to say, you're good, Lord. You're good. In spite of the brokenness in our heart. Because like Pastor Steve was saying, we must also look to eternity. That the suffering that we go through in this life is not the end of the story. Come on now. Because when you, you get it to, into eternity, you are, you are going to, you're going to be shouting, you are good. And all that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. All sighing and crying will be gone. And just like what Jason said, in this world, we will have tribulation. I wish that every time we preach the message like this, everybody in the room would get healed. Yes. I don't understand why people don't. But, we, but if we never preach these words, our faith will never rise Come on. any higher. And the devil will just keep coming and saying, God isn't for you. And when you get sick, you're going to die. So we need our faith to rise. And we need to press on in spite of not seeing sometimes Amen. the answer the way we want the answer. There's a disappointment that comes. And then the heart begins to, we should lament in some ways. Like, yes, God, that's why true. Yep. did this happen? You see that a lot. You see David do that a lot in the Psalms. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. Yeah. The it's whole like, book. My, my pillow is soaked with tears. Yeah. Lord, where are you? And so there's a truth to knowing that it's not all going to line up and be exactly the way we want it. But yet we need to still preach and rise up in our faith and say, by his wounds we were healed. Yes. What are we going to do with that tension? Should we just throw it all to the side? Because there are people in the body of Christ and churches that will say, it's all ceased. It's over. It was only for those first apostles. Now it's finished. That's a, he's alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yep. And so, but yet we do go through brokenhearted things. It could be a disappointment. Every one of us. Yeah, over something prolonged you've been praying for, you haven't seen the answer to it. Maybe you lost a business. Maybe it's a divorce. You know, where you feel like my life has just ended. Rejection by a close friend. Yeah. These things can break our hearts. Yeah. But Jesus did say, you know, in the world you will have struggle and tribulation and you will suffer yeah but take heart i have overcome the world now see i think 
I think coming to this place where that really is meaningful to us, it's like I have Jesus, and it's not the end. And when these 80, 90, 100 years are over, I'll be with him for all eternity. And if, he was good, if he's good out there, he's good here. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same. He's the same. And so turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, there's a lot of psalms that allow us to trust in Jesus with our broken heart. We need to go to him with our broken heart. Psalm 34, 18 says this. <laughs> the Lord is near. He's, not, he's near to the brokenhearted. He's near to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, it's okay to admit to the Lord, I'm crushed. I feel crushed. Like, where were you? Why did this happen? It's not good to just pretend and go, well, and I think this is what's happened sometimes in charismatic Charismatic circles. It's like we just shout the victory, just just keep proclaiming the victory. Well, you know, you can get really messed up in your soul if we don't. This is why people go to therapy, because we have to sort of get this stuff out of our soul. And we should take it to the. We could take it to a, a good therapist if we need to, a Christian therapist. But we could take it to the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Right. He's our counselor, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, thank you. And Lord. so we call out to him, like David said, "My pillow was soaked with tears." It's okay to weep before the Lord and express your disappointment. It is, and it's okay for fellow believers to come around and weep with those who weep. And say, you know what, I, I don't even know what to say. I just want to sit with you. Right. I don't have anything I can offer. Let's just sit together. Because sometimes that's healing in itself. Just knowing somebody is just with you and understands to the mayor, wants to even understand. And so, so many of these psalms that we read about are songs of lament. Read verse 19. And many are the afflictions, yeah, of the righteous. Hello. Of who? Of the righteous. That's but the us. Lord delivers him out of them all. See, sometimes our deliverance comes by just overcoming the pain. It's not necessarily he fixes everything. I just found this to be true in my life. I wish it would sometimes come. The person is healed. They've raised up, and they went on living 20 more years. Yeah. And it didn't sometimes happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But he can still deliver me from my broken heart. And I think there's great hope in that. Amen. Because when the devil comes in and wants to talk you out of that, that's when people spiral downward. They go into depression. They, you, know, you start taking drugs. You start looking for other ways to just release. You, know, you go to drugs, alcohol. Pleasure is just to distract yourself online. There you go. We need to go to the Lord. That word in there, though, the word, he heals the brokenhearted. This That's is what this word. means. It's the same word. And so Psalm 147 oh, I love this says Psalm this, if too. you want to turn quickly there. Yeah, 147. Verse 3, verse 6, and verse 11. You know, it, it's, it, it's the best thing, to be honest with God. It is. Yeah. I, Pastor Mamie just hit the nail on the head. Too many times we find ourselves in a charismatic church that everybody's running, everybody's jumping, everybody's has an awesome week. 
have an awesome day, have an awesome this, have an awesome that. You know what? Everybody goes through valleys, don't they? Yeah. It's how we go through the valleys that makes the difference. Yeah. And in that valley, you need to cry out to Jesus. I don't know why, Lord. I don't know why. And maybe I'll never get an answer, but I'm going to still say, you're good. You're good all the time. And I believe we will get an answer when we reach heaven. It'll come. We'll understand all things then. Yeah, because he's... And that's part of our trust, too, that he's good, that he'll never do anything. We can never stand before him at the judgment seat and have any accusation against him. That was not fair that he's perfect in all his ways. Yeah. And so we will, it will all be good. It'll all be settled and be good. Now, our, our challenge is, can we wait for that day and declare his goodness now by faith? We live in a cursed world, folks. This is not heaven. It's not going to go your way. But how you go through it is everything. In verse 40, yeah, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you want that? We come to him in humility. We bow down to him and we tell him, my heart is broken, Lord. And he binds up their wounds. The Lord lifts up the what? The humble and downtrodden. He casts the wicked down to the ground. The Lord delights in those who fear him. We we jumped around. It's 3, 6, and 11. I'm sorry. Apologize for that. Yeah, verse 6. The Lord lifts up the humble and the downtrodden. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Verse 11. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Our God is a healing God, folks. Speaks of our healing in a past tense. I think this is what we have to see. Yeah. That in in First Peter two twenty four is, is our healing has been. Your Bible might say, by His stripes you were healed. Yeah. It so might say you were healed. Take a look on PowerPoint. I think we have that. By His wounds you have been healed. One more verse up there. By His stripes. No, it's just a single verse. You yeah. are healed. That's Isaiah 53. We have that first Peter. It's one before that. There you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Nice. (laughs) Really, take take a look at the tense in this, how it is written. It doesn't say you're going to be healed. It says, you have been healed. The Holy Spirit through Peter is talking about our healing as a past tense. Why? Because he's looking back at the cross. Where was our healing? You know, at the cross. You know, the penalty of our sin was paid at the cross. At the cross. It's finished. You are completely free from the power of sin. This is something we accept by faith. By faith. This is how I, uh, by faith, my penalty for Steve Ogle has been paid by Jesus Christ. 
I am completely innocent before God the Father because of the blood of Jesus. I accept that by faith in his sacrifice. Right. Do I feel righteous or holy at times? Not a chance. But you know what? I, God is good, good all the time. And I submit myself to his word. But if you really want to go deeper in the meditation, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation yeah, of the world. Yeah. So you were kind of cleared out <laughs> before you were born. Yeah, right. <laughs> you were healed before you were. That's it. We born. have been healed. Yeah. And what did we find today? It's not just physical healing, but it's emotional healing. Yeah. It's healing in our soul. Yeah. He's yes. close to the broken heart. Yeah. And being honest with him and one another is the key. Yeah. One another. If, if you are going through some time, you know, and you don't share anything and you just say, glory to God, how are you doing? Oh, praise God, I'm doing good. Well, you know, it, it says he's close to the brokenhearted. Yeah. <laughs> we want to take a look before we close. A um, couple more scriptures. Isaiah 53. Because what Peter was talking about, what he, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And like what Pastor Steve said, he's looking back at the cross. He saw what happened on the cross. Isaiah, 750 years before the cross, yeah. prophetically speaks about the cross. And he says the same thing. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he, meaning Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment or chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes or by his wounds, we are healed. Does this not sound familiar? Come on now. By his stripes, we were healed. See, healing, this was, this actually, Isaiah 53 is sometimes called the Old Testament gospel because it's exactly what the gospel did for us. And yeah. then if we go into Matthew, and we'll close with this, Matthew 8:16. Matthew writes about this very thing. When Jesus is going about teaching, preaching, and healing people, Matthew writes, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. And he healed all who were sick. Why did he do that? See, he was demonstrating what the power of forgiveness of our sin would do for us. That it might be, verse 17, fulfilled which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore away our diseases. Hallelujah. You know, it's going to take time to get this in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, you can't just hear this message and think you got it. You have to feed yeah. on the Word of God. Yeah. It has to be deep within you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That means you and I have to open the book we have to look at these scriptures. We need to highlight scriptures. We need to go over these scriptures. We need to memorize these scriptures. So many people come for healing, and they say, what scripture are you standing on? They don't, oh, I don't have a scripture I'm standing on. I just figured God was good. Well, you know what? You, it, we read two places where it says, as you believed, your faith has made you whole. That's what we need. We need to put this faith in our heart. We need to go. You can, it's so easy now. You can go on the internet and say, I want to see healing scriptures. Type up healing scriptures. There's going to be a hundred of them. Easy. 
That's going to help you, moms and dads, for your children. It's going to help you for each other. It's going to help you represent the kingdom of God. Because the Bible declares those who believe will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. It doesn't say pastors. No, no. And here's the key. When you're feeling good, that's the time to load up. I mean, don't wait for a, a hurricane to come in your life to start to look at scriptures. Let's do it now. Let's plant this in our heart. Get it deep within our heart. You know, come to a place where you can quote five, six healing scriptures right out of your mouth. Get it in here. Faith comes by hearing. That means you're going to have to take some work to do this. Take some time to do this. I mean, sacrificing something else. You can get up early to do this. Everything's so at our, our, our so accessible. Everything. Used to be we had to look up every word to find things. There used to be books out in front of Pastor Mamie like this. And you could tell she's the teacher. <laughs> But now you got this, all that information right here. You type it in, find that stuff. These are spiritual truths. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes them come alive within us. So Father, we pray. Lord, we looked into your word. Our hearts are open. Lord, as open as we can just willing them to be open but I ask the Father to help us to deal with our doubts, deal with our fears, deal with our wavering heart Lord it's, it does no good to pretend that it's not wavering when it is wavering and so we bring it to you Lord, we bring ourselves to your feet Jesus in submission to your word and we, our desire is to walk in the fulfillment in the inheritance that you gave us Yes. by your wounds that you took, you said, we have been healed. And so I pray, Father, in the days ahead, you make this real to us. That our bodies would respond to this word, Lord. Yes. That we'd keep it in the forefront of our mind and heart. That we wouldn't draw back just because we don't see something happen, Lord. That we would plant this seed into our heart and water it, Lord, through prayer, water through talking to you. Lord, our desire is healing brings you glory. It's a witness of what you did for us on the cross. And so, Jesus, we submit ourselves in obedience and in belief to you.